IV Pod. Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an IV Pod production. You can find us at IVPod.com. We are IV Pod on Facebook, IV Podcast on Twitter, and mail at IVPod is our email. Let's begin episode 71 of the IV Alternative Podcast. Hola, Clayton. Hi, John. How are you John? doing? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. Doing fine. I think everybody's going to enjoy this episode. Yes. We know that because we've already done the interview, so mm-hmm. and we know it was just so darn good. So if you're you're listening, stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. But before we do that, we've got some sponsor reads to do. Yes. We got Attorney yes. Doug this week as of our course. sponsor from Commercic Law Offices in lovely Utica, Illinois. You can, If you're in need of legal help, what do you look for? You look for someone that's going to aggressively fight for you. Someone that's that focuses on the quality of their work and even more important, someone you can trust. And that's what we think of when we think of Commercic Law Office. Attorney Doug Commercic was a former lead prosecutor with years of experience that he will use to help guide you. Also, Doug is from the area and someone you won't have any trouble talking to about critical issues in your life. For more information, give attorney Doug a call at uh, 815-667-7100. You can also visit KramarsikLaw.com. Yes, and he's been a longtime sponsor, so we thank you, Doug. Yes, thanks, Doug. And also... One more sponsor tonight, The Music Machine, another longtime sponsor of the podcast. The Music Machine can make any event better. They'll make it just hopping with musical powerhouse sounds. Uh, They've been DJing in the Illinois Valley for over 23 years. If you've got a wedding, uh, a dance, uh, you know, anything, you know, anything you might need music at, they're going to make it better because we all know going to an event that has crappy music is a real drag. You're going to be there at a wedding. You want to see people on the dance floor. And you know what? They'll do it. The Music Machine, they are top-notch quality music and sound. And they do, they do the sound. Actually, I just went to the Dreamwave last weekend. They did the sound there, and it was, you know, it's always hopping. 815-223-6635 or go to mmdjpros.com. Thank you, Music Machine, for sponsoring the podcast. So, Clayton, we've got a big show here ahead. We're, we're not going to spare much time here because it's a, you know, it's a pretty lengthy interview. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've talked about it on previous podcasts. This week, we have none other than Tim Moritz, also known, or as most people know him, the wizard from the Wizard's Juke Joint. Right, formerly known as the Rock and Roll Wizard. Oh, gosh, I keep getting that wrong. Sorry. <laughs> 
Sorry, Tim, if you're listening. <laughs> yes, it was a. We, we sat down with him earlier this week, and which to you on Monday when this gets released was last week, uh, and 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 had a wonderful interview in his in his lair, his his music lair with all his uh, his jukebox and his records, all his albums and his forty fives and his some of his equipment he has down there. You know, he's got his uh, stereo and his record players and. Yeah, we, we listened to some songs and we shot the breeze and we we had an you know an impromptu sort of setup and hopefully it sounds good. It was our first crack at using the new equipment we got from selling our t-shirts. So yeah, uh, yeah. If anybody's interested in some shirts, look us yes, up. Yes, if they if, if you yeah exactly if you want to support the podcast, that's the way to do it right now. Sponsorships and t-shirts. Yeah, so ivypod.com. You can actually get one, right? You sure can. Sure can. Or just. Find one of us, and right. we'll 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 hook you up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Tim Tim was on the radio the, for over thirty years here in the Illinois Valley, playing music from the mid fifties right. all the way to the early seventies. And you know, one thing people will tell you about his show is it was unlike any other show where it would be all requests or not all requests, but a lot of requests, and playing music that you know you just may not have heard in, in a long a lot of people just hadn't heard in so long because he'd, he'd play like the b-sides on a lot of these old albums and stuff so really just a, it was an awesome show and just i think an important show here around the area and i think a lot of people were sad to see it go of course but yeah yeah i don't know what else can we say here clayton i i don't know i i don't know if we really need to say a lot john i think we could just sort of uh, let the interview speak for itself. I, I think we were really happy to have uh, Mr. Moritz, the the rock and roll wizard, on and and sort of hear what he had to say. And I honestly think we probably could have kept it going a lot longer. I think when we wrapped it up, he he kind of looked at us and he goes, he asked how long we went, and we we told him, and he went, "Holy cow, boy, I a lot." <laughs> and we both went, "No, no, no, it was perfect." Yeah, <laughs> so right. it, it went very well. We were very happy with. Um, you know, he he shared a lot of you know stuff and just his his knowledge is is uh, you know I don't know I don't know anybody who who has that depth or, or wealth of of just background and the inside scoop or just the little details of the stuff that he knows about certain things and and that's what made it so much fun for us because we're like eager to to take it all in you know it exactly yeah exactly well hey let's let's get to it everybody enjoy here it comes. Okay, it is interview time, and as promised, we are here, live on location, with the wizard from the Wizard's Juke Joint, Tim Moritz. Hello. How, how are you doing, John? Good to have you guys down here yes. into the Wizard's Lair, so to speak, yeah, amidst yeah. all the museum pieces. Well, thanks I know. for inviting us over. I mean, it's a, a awesome seeing all your memorabilia, all your records, the, the 45 jukebox. It's spectacular. Yeah, if we could describe... 
this to everybody, well, sorry, you just miss out. We get to enjoy it. You don't. That's right. It's radio, and if you try to describe too much of it, they can't see it anyway. They don't care. Leave it to the imagination. (laughs) Good. What you got for me tonight? So we uh, we ran into you not that long ago, and we we it was right around the time uh, that you were announcing the big retirement, and so we had talked about having you on the show and. So now we want to kind of catch up with you. It's been a little while. Uh, yeah. See I've, how things are going. Yeah, I've been off the air now for about four months. And uh, I think, as most of my listeners knew, I would be off the air at Christmas time anyway, as the station I was on was going all Christmas music. And then I was going to have to miss a few weeks in January. And I just thought after half of my life doing the show on Saturday nights. It, it just felt like it, it was a good time to, to end the show. I know a lot of people I've heard are disappointed and, you know, they'd love to have me back on doing this, that, or the other thing. And, uh, you know, right now I'm just taking it as it goes, taking yeah. it easy. I think, I think I told you uh, when we talked before that people around here, I mean, Saturday night, that was the thing. At that time that the show started, they had to have it on. I know my, my, uh, my wife's parents, if we were over there, I mean, that's just a standard issue. Saturday nights. 7 o'clock. Seven Saturday o'clock. night in the Illinois Valley means it's time for <laughs> one thing. Right? That's right. It's always. <laughs> well, I think it's because it was so unique, too, compared, I mean, compared to other shows on the radio. There was really nothing else like it where they're playing the standard music over and over and over again, top 40 type stuff, whereas you were playing, not only were you playing oldies, but you would find, I mean, because growing up, my father lived, listened to a lot of right. uh, classic oldies, uh, but you would play stuff that, I don't know where you're finding it from, like the B-sides, <laughs> <That's>, <yeah>. right? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people, I, I have found perhaps no even more than I do, or they may have more music than I do, even some more obscure things. But uh, I felt that I was able to put it on the air and give it energy and portray it in a way that people would enjoy listening to instead of just saying, hey, listen to what I've got here. you know. And yeah. I think that combination and the blend of using the, the real popular stuff that people would call in for and then the second tier and every once in a while kind of really go off track and have somebody go, holy cow, I do remember that one. You know, they would have never thought to ask for it. And that was probably one of the the two best things that would happen. The other one would be if I would play a song that someone had never heard and they would then call back several months later and say, you know what? I had never heard it, but I really liked it. Could you play it again? Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun. To, sure. you know. How many years were you on then? 30 and a half. 30 and a half. Got to nice. get that half in there. You know? yeah. so. the, the, the music you played, was is it all come from the radio? I mean, would it, would it have played on the radio or was it some of it just on the records that nobody would have heard unless they bought the record? I would say that most of it somewhere, I would say 99% or more, would have been a hit either nationally or regionally. Okay. And so that's why some people, if you grew up in a different area than the Midwest, you might not be as familiar with the Chicago-style groups that were real big in the mid-60s, and vice versa, you know. So it most of it was there, and it, it is available, but a lot of it, sometimes people would never bother listening well, to. Well, radio is probably more regional 
and then now it's a lot more national. I mean, everything's you're going to hear the same stuff probably pretty much everywhere. Yeah, back, you, maybe back then it was you would hear it. Maybe it was popular in the South, but not out west or something. Oh, right? definitely, it, because you didn't have to prove to a record company that you were talented and they didn't polish you. You went into somebody's garage and somebody had, hey, I like that. I'll record that on my little tape recorder. Give it to a record company, press it, and sell it, and you know, boom, cool. there you went. So. I don't think we've talked about this before when we talked. Um, did you grow up in the area? No, I did not. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, northern okay. suburbs, and I moved down here in 1980 okay. uh, to take over my father-in-law's business in Oglesby. And uh, since then, I mean, obviously, I've been here 35 years, so that makes me pretty much, you know, heck, heck, yeah. I've been you, probably in this area longer than you have. Oh, you got me being <laughs> on this there. Planet. 34. <laughs> the, so. same, the same number of years. <laughs> right. 80 was a good year. Yeah, there it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a long time to be, and, and it's, I'm always interested when people transplant to the Illinois Valley too, because it's, you, you, sometimes it gets ragged on. That's something John and I, kind of a theme of our show is to make sure we point out the good things about the Illinois Valley. And you were one of the people that brought something with you. And, and that was something that people from the Illinois Valley could say, wow, we got, you know, there's a really good show on Saturday nights. We got the yeah. the rock and roll wizards juke joint. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's neat. That, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. I can say I called in one time when I was little. I remember, I remember requesting a song uh, from the Chipmunks. I still remember that. And you did, played it. You did I? What really? was it? Elvin's harmonica, probably. That wasn't a Christmas song. That's right. probably the one I played. I yeah, think it right. had to be. Yeah. That was one of the records I had. <laughs> yeah, I still have the original scratchy copy of that. I've since updated a bit, but I do still have that original. Wow. Uh, I think uh, most kids from our generation at least had the Christmas album. Oh, yeah. You had to. The Chipmunk. Oh, the Chipmunk one? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Said, we still do. We just got that. I think nope. we had we burned out our other version. We I had to get a new disc. <laughs> well, for years, I know I was one of the few people that actually had the vinyl copy of the Motown Christmas album, the two-record set. And you know, it wasn't on CD or anything. And so I had all the stuff, including the one or two they'd play on the air. But no, I had them all. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's some junk on there, too. But uh, we digress, which I think is... Uh, Part of what the show does, doesn't that, it? It kind of gives the we meander our way through S- stream of consciousness. Exactly. Talking. Okay. Exactly. Good. We don't have to take a radio or commercial breaks often. Oh darn! No, we no. could we could cut those in later if we feel the need. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we're free to do whatever. Well, one of the other things about being down here is we could see the extensive record collection you have too. So and, yeah, and that's really cool. I mean, you, thousands of albums and forty fives and uh, everything. Do you have any that are prized? records or yeah a few before i get to those what you're seeing here of course you know i use the uh uh the album covers as kind of artwork to cover up the ragged edges of the the record albums and the 45s are in drawers but the uh the lps are all out on the shelf but i have two large orange type crates in the garage that i would cart back and forth each week to the mm-hmm. station full of albums simply because there was too much music on them to transfer to a CD and I wasn't going to about go spend the extra money and buy them all right. and then there are I don't know how many other hundreds of CDs that are out there too that I would use for the show and there's a lot of them hidden here that you can't even see on the shelf so but in answer to your question yeah. are there some that I prize yeah I have the first 45 I ever purchased on the shelf I have the first album i ever purchased with my own money right that's and i also have the first cd 
that I did not purchase, but when I got the single CD player back in 1986, and my kids got me uh, the uh, Man and His Music, Sam, Best of Sam Cooke CD, and that's the first CD I ever had in my collection. So I've got that, and then I've got... Um, one that if you're interested in hearing about it's my favorite i have one favorite album believe it or not wow in this entire collection I'm, that's hard to believe because that was a question i had on our list here of, okay because it's hard to ask a person well what's your favorite cd or what's your favorite band or anything because you know, no problem there. So well, many. well no no I, I unequivocally i can tell you number one on the list favorite artist is sam cook Okay. I've got his uh, early gospel stuff before he went solo. I've got some live recordings, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff, whatever is available by him because his family has such tight reign over the publishing because he formed his own company back then. He was a smart dude yeah. <laughs> and had his own stuff because he saw so many people getting shafted. Mm-hmm. And I never saw the motion picture Malcolm X, but I know they use his civil rights anthem called The Change Is Gonna Come, mm-hmm. which okay. tons of people have recorded. You know, Otis Redding and Seal and the Righteous Brothers. But he, his uh, heirs, I should say, allowed him to use it in the movie, but they said, no credit. In mm-hmm. other words, when you look at the thing at the end of the movies where they always list oh, the, the music, songs. sure wasn't there but they allowed him to use it in the movie Hmm. part of it so so sam cook's number one jackie wilson another r&b soul singer is number two which if i grew up in the illinois valley people would really scratch their heads going those are your top two (laughs) (laughs) and then my favorite album is by a duo known as cashman and west uh cashman uh well, Terry, excuse me, Terry Cashman and Tommy West. Tommy West was responsible, actually, for bringing Jim Croce okay. into the limelight because he was his piano player. That dun 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 you hear at the beginning of Leroy Brown? Mm-hmm. It's Tommy West on piano. Okay. They were on the same record label, and they were part of different groups, but they recorded an album called A Song or Two back in around 1972. And I remember I had just come back from a California trip first year out of college and i had joined the columbia record club and so i ordered i came home there was a stack of 30 you know lps waiting for me and that one i played and i liked it so much i kept playing it and playing it i eventually went out and bought another copy of it found one that was in really good shape many years later and immediately transferred it to cd so i wouldn't ruin it and that that is 12 songs on there all-time favorite album, no questions asked. Wow, gosh, I'd forgotten about those uh, those music clubs. Oh yeah, I, I, that was a big deal. Yeah, for, for, that was a lot of fun. Oh, just to a, get the catalog and pick out which ones you were going to do. What was even neater in college is because I worked at a college radio station. This may segue nicely sure. <laughs> into something else. <laughs> is we had this thing called RSI, and it meant that every month because we worked at the college radio station, we were allowed to choose from the top 200 albums on Billboard's album charts. And then they usually would have specials and about another 150. So we could order <clears throat> as many as we wanted every month for a buck 80 an album. <laughs> and I, I got the uh, one of Paul Simon's early solo efforts, 
with uh, Kodachrome and Loves Me Like a Rock, which I think, you know, still get played a lot today. But it's a promotional copy, which means it's one of the first pressings. That sucker still sounds terrific. And it's uh, over 40 years old. Sounds great. So anyway, I'm talking. You have have, have a question for me? That does lead into something because I was wondering. So were you the wizard back then when you played in college? Yeah, I became the wizard. You became the wizard. I became the wizard. <laughs> Transformation. Was it passed down to you from <laughs> well, someone else? Well, no, no, no. It, <laughs> it was my own creation. Uh, what had happened was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at Loyola University, and it was the beginning of my junior year, and a good friend of mine, he, he knew that I liked to mess around at home just with tapes and, you know, just yeah. like pretending you're on the radio from, you know, when I was a kid. And he said he got on the campus radio station, and he said... Tim, if I can get on, you can definitely get yeah. on. So I talked to the, the program director and did a little audition and got my own show. It was three and a half hours on a Monday morning. And then I did another two-hour stint, I don't know, some day in the afternoon. Worked it in among the classes. Well, toward the end of my first year on the air, I decided to do a promotional marathon. Okay. So I would stay on the air for 50 straight hours. <laughs> <clears throat> nice. And, of course, the other people were kind enough to give up their time slots, mm-hmm. which is a big deal because you don't yeah. get a lot of airtime in college. And about, oh, I'd say over midway through it, they said, well, you can play whatever you want. You don't have to stick with the station fare. And so I dug out a bunch of my old records just to kind of keep me awake. They're short. This is when you had two-minute records and you had to go back and forth, turntable to turntable, so you didn't have time to rest. And it was a good thing to keep me awake. And it got a lot of response, especially the people who were listening to it in the student union. And, wow, this is really cool. And a lot of that music wasn't terribly old at the time. But it worked, and I asked, well, could I do that show? And they said, yeah. So once a week, in addition to my regular shift, I did a three-hour thing called the Wizards Juke Joint, and became known as the Rock and Roll Wizard. Well, that's okay. awesome. And, so that uh, was on the Loyola Student Radio Station. Yeah, Loyola University in Chicago on the lakefront. Yeah, wow. yeah. And it, the name of the show, and a lot of people have heard this, but if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard the story before, I got the name, the Wizard with two Z's. Yeah. And there's an album up there. We'll look at later. Sure. But, uh, we'll show you when we're done here. Sure. Folks can't see it. <laughs> and it was done by... Too bad for them. Yeah, yeah. A group called Roy Wood's Wizard with two Zs. And it was made in the 70s, but it made to sound like much of the old artists. You know, uh, uh, Adele Shannon and Neil Sadaka and Elvis Presley and just styled after that. And they were written in, in the 70s to make sound old. Okay. So that became the wizard part. And then... Uh, the group, the band, who was Bob Dylan's backing band, but also did a lot, Robbie Robertson, Levon Helm, a lot of people recognize those names. Sure. Uh, they came out with an album called The Moondog Matinee. And Moondog was the nickname given to Alan Freed, who pioneered rock, the term rock and roll okay. out of Rhythm and Blues Records in the early 50s when they were race records. Oh, you, know, yeah. you couldn't play on certain stations. <gasps> it's terrible. <laughs> so what they did is they went back to when they were known as Ronnie and the Hawks and made an album of songs from the late 50s and early 60s that they had played before they became the band. And it came encased in this big poster. And as he opened it up, 
there was like, you know, these classic cars painted on the front, and it says Blackie's Pool Hall. And there was a sign, it said Juke Joint. Okay. And I said, hey, there we go, the Wizards Juke Joint. I put the two together from those albums that were recreations of older music by new groups, and I became the proprietor yeah. of yeah. the Juke Joint. And uh, you know what a Juke Joint is? I should but you, I'll, well, you refresh my let me you tell me so I make sure you know okay well <laughs> it became known on there <laughs> as on the album cover is pretty much like the malt shop that people would go to however a juke joint really and there's a book over there that was given to me uh, at Christmas a couple of years ago called juke joint it was old dance halls and parlors especially in the south or in, especially the black people using it at the edge of town and sometimes other nefarious activities went on upstairs that weren't totally above board right. at the, while the dances were going on downstairs. But they were just places to gather, uh, to dance and drink and Live listen to music. And, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's what they originally were. Maybe we should start our own in the Illinois Valley. Yeah, we don't have anything like <laughs> that. That's your next gig. Start your own. We just don't want the nefarious activities right. going exactly. on somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. I like that. All right. I was, uh, is there, so the, the, Time span from like fifty nine, like th- that would be like the Buddy Holly kind of time period. Fifty nine to what, like sixty five, roughly. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder what. I mean, we call it rock and roll, but is there a specific name for that type of music or that sound of that music of that fifties or the late fifties? Because it has a certain unique sound to it. I, I think. Yeah, you, good point. I'm glad you brought that up because, and ladies and gentlemen, I did not tell him to ask that Uh, (laughs) he's doing this on his own it's not on the list yeah you had the rhythm and blues and the rock and roll from you know the mid 50s you know through your elvis presley's little richards chuck berry's then chuck berry had to go to prison for not so good activities yeah basically transporting minors across borders not not a good thing to do and then buddy holly died in 59 elvis presley was in the service and the beatles didn't hit till early 64 so and it's kind of an era of music that I grew up in as a kid because I was born in 53. Okay. So I started listening to radio a lot when I was about seven, eight, nine years old. So that's the music that I kind of got weaned on. It, I just call it pop music. Okay. Uh, it's a bubblegum pop or something? No. That's later, right? No, that was later. Yeah, yeah. it was just your typical songwriters you know except it was more tempo and more up tempo and more modern than the 40s and the you know the early 50s stuff and i have a book here called vanilla pop because everybody says oh the music of that era was so vanilla uh, i've heard that term before i, I asked you because I, I my dad i think because that was about the time period he was in high school like the late 50s yeah so he listened to a lot of that music as i was growing up yeah and i've noticed like trying to go back and find music like that i couldn't i didn't know what you call it like genre wise you know because they've got all these different names nowadays there's like indie music and hard rock metal i mean there's like so and many there's variations all der- of derivatives variations. of each thing too exactly. like, so I, I was kind of searching for it and i was just like well what do you call that music specifically from that kind of because there was a certain sound to it i mean yeah i think it is more production oriented instead of just combo uh, because with Little Richard, you know, you got your bass and you got your sax and piano and that's it. Or you might have a guitar or whatever. Here you had orchestras, uh, you know, plucking violins, horns added to, you know, stuff. And it was very lush, you know, produced sound. But they brought up in the book Vanilla Pop, 
why do you call it vanilla? Because everybody thinks, oh, that's so bland. Mm-hmm. But think of it. Vanilla is one of the strongest flavorings, Flavors. really. I mean, how much vanilla extract do you need when yeah, you're you making cookies that. to taste it? Not much. Right. And so a little bit of this vanilla really goes a long way. Some of the biggest artists of the day would be considered like Bobby V., uh, James Darren, even Fabian, who couldn't sing, Rick Nelson, uh, you know, just people like that who, you know, your teen idol type, type stuff, and you had girl groups, and it was just fun two and a half minute pop songs, couple verses, a, a bridge, <clears throat> maybe a little instrumental interlude, repeat the bridge, and sing the last verse again, and, and that's and over. Tempo, right. like you said, up yeah, most of it. Songs. Right. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. they had a format, and they they used it, and they they filled out the sound with what they needed to. Exactly, exactly. And there were so many, uh, you know, artists wanting to be produced at the time. And there, I did read today, and I knew about this, there was a book on it, and now they're coming out with a, a movie. It's supposed to be released this week about a, uh, for those of you who are listening to this, when I say this week, this is March 10th. Yeah. So you'll know that, what, what? Yeah. That came out three months ago. <laughs> sure. And about the Wrecking Crew, who was who were studio musicians that played on virtually everything because they could sight read. If somebody wanted the sound changed, they could do it immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, some very famous people were part of this uh, Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that the famous song, Mr. Tambourine Man by the Birds, okay. was done in two takes. The only person playing his own instrument for the birds was Roger McGuinn. Everybody else was the studio group who just crank them out. They did it in two takes. The birds said, we want to do our own. They said, okay, fine. So for their next song they did, it took them 80 takes to get it right. (laughs) So you have people like Gary Lewis and the Playboys, very pop sounding. And he was a drummer, Jerry Lewis' son. He didn't even play on the recordings. And after the Beach Boys were around a couple years, other than when they played live, they didn't play on their own recordings. They had, you know, most of these musicians, for the most part, filling in. Brian Wilson was very good. If you read, he'll even say that he sat in with them to learn how to do things. Right. And well, studio time had to be a little more, or I mean, even for the record companies, if you're sitting in a studio for three weeks trying oh. to cut an album, you're costing money. And there's no guarantee you're going to get it back. So if you can get these guys in there to do it in two takes. That's, that was the whole thing. And they move in. They said, what do you want? These guys are great singers. Are here. Boom, boom. Okay, that's what, okay, we got to hear. Boom. Let's do it. Boom, boom, boom. Get it done. Yeah. And so, you know, you get a, a drummer who's not even playing drums. <laughs> but the, I think it was the drummer whose name was Hal Blaine, who also did a lot of things uh, with the Phil Spector artists from the early 60s, girl groups and then the Righteous Brothers. And he said it didn't matter when people went to see them live if it didn't sound as good because people were, and I love this phrase, they were hearing with their eyes. Ah, Okay. That makes They're sense. there to see the that group. Sense, and they yeah. know the song there. But if you're listening to it on your radio or you put on the record, it's got to sound a lot better. Yeah. 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 Have you been to see a show? Well, uh, and this is kind of a stream of conscious, as we said. Of course. Um, where <laughs> why break where with if tradition? It sounds too much like the album. It's almost a problem. 
like you've seen a, like a live act and you go, it sounds just like the CD. And and sometimes that's a good thing and other times it's not. And, and, and at least in a live show, I wonder if that sort of has changed over the years. Where... You know, it depends on who's doing it yeah. and how much they want. You don't want them to totally change right. it. But, you know, you want to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. You want and, to know uh, it's at least live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been to that show where I'm going, well, it was good, but I could have listened to the CD on my way there, and that would have been good enough for me. Yeah. But then there's yeah. other times like, wow, that was awesome. It yeah. sounded just like the CD. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's weird how that works. It depends how good the original that. recording was, too. Yeah. Remember. We were talking yeah. about that, I think, on the last podcast, because I'm not a big country fan. My wife is. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> but I've gone to some country concerts with her, and... Uh, the the concerts were fantastic because the guys would they wouldn't stick to the music on, the, that was on the album. Right. They would start breaking into some rock song. They're or entertainers, or even a rap song. I mean, it was it was a very fun show. I was surprised, even though for not being a big fan. So I'll give them that. All right, I'll give well, the country fans that they can put on some good concerts. Well, here's <laughs> here's the uh, phrase I always came across. There's uh, there's let me get this. There's good music. And there's country music. <laughs> there ain't no such thing as good country music. How, however, I, I have to qualify that because I consider that modern stuff. If you go back to what I what was yeah. really country music, you know, I've been to Nashville. We've been to the the old Ryman Auditorium and seen Ricky Skaggs and Bluegrass. They're just phenomenal. And we've gone to the Grand Ole Opry and to see every half hour they have a different host and a different style of music. And to hear them play the clarity and the variety without over-volumizing it, if, yeah. if, if that's a word, you know, sure. was know just perfect. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just like, oh, please, do you have to do this? Mm-hmm. I want to hear it. Right. And so, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll grant you that. They sound totally different. And a lot of them, we, were, we saw Josh Turner and before he really became big. And I noticed that when they sang live, not as much of a twang. They oh. do it for the recordings uh, for the artist. So it's like, sure. ah. Turn up so, that twang. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that twang on their twang. <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> anyway, so there's your digression into country and yeah, live music. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go ahead. What else you got? What do we got? Well, oh, I wanted to ask, and this is, so I know from, from where we are here, seeing all your records and, you know, when you worked, you didn't use computers, none of that kind of stuff. It was just all straight from the tape, CDs and records, I assume. I mean, or not. 99.9%. If there was a song that, and this was only in the past few years when uh, the last station I was at really had a lot of music digitally. Mm -hmm. If I needed fill space, and I need an extra time to do something, I would pull something off the, the library there. Okay. But usually it was a song that was relatively common, uh, and I was able to pull it off and put it in there. But many times, even if it was in the system, I wouldn't even bother going to it because as somebody, I'm on the phone taking a request, I would actually, while I'm talking to them, be reaching here, left, right, up, down, and pulling the CD out and loading it almost as fast as I could go through the... So did you ever have a situation occur where it was just like a total breakdown like the mechanical system something just went wrong and it was like dead air because never dead air because you turn the mic on and you vamp (laughs) uh, oh i've done that many times and and people know it's like oh wait a minute i think uh you know in fact i'll know if i hit the the start and all of a sudden it's the wrong 
one, you know, it's like, wait a minute, well, that's not the one I want to hear. <laughs> or I press it and I didn't look and, you know, for instance, there was a malfunction that says no disc and I didn't look ahead of time. I hit play and nothing. Well, let me see what I can do and I'll reload and, you know, just talk about whatever I, you just know. Just go on comes. the fly. Yeah, yeah go on the fly. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You probably got to know a lot of people just through the call-ins, I'm assuming. Just frequent callers. <laughs> yeah, there are a small percentage, actually, that call in all the time. Some would call in very occasionally, like you when you were a kid or whatever. And so you have your regulars. But yeah, I, I feel like I knew everybody, but I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's that's a strange feeling. But and it almost I c- sounds like Twitter. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're on the Twitter. radio, yeah. too. I, I, one of the things I always loved about radio and I, I is you put a face on that voice yeah and then you see him and you're like that is not what i was thinking he would look like (laughs) or kind of like but i listen to am radio and stuff too and and i've I've had the chance to see these guys live or do whatever and i'm like wow he's tall or (laughs) well he dressed we could have worn nicer shoes or you know but it doesn't matter you're on the radio who cares but well yeah i always tried to dress really pretty decently right but it's strange you say what do people look like because I had a guy call me after I'd been on the air just a couple of years, a long time ago, and he saw me. He says, boy, nothing like I envisioned. I said, well, what did you envision? He said, oh, some guy about 300 pounds sitting there smoking a cigar. I said, do I sound like that? He said, no, you don't sound like that, but I just figured that's what a guy playing records would do. Oh. You know, just sitting in his bed like, oh, thanks. He had built a whole persona for you. That's great. Ooh, ooh, so that was pretty frightening. You never know what you. your imagination's going to put in there. you got to fill it out with something. There's a voice. Yeah. you got to put a face to it, I yeah. guess. You, you talked about you know the callers, and that's, I think, the thing now over the last four months that I, I kind of miss, even though I, I really never met these people, just by having, hey, uh, Annette for Morris, and I, I kind of know her musical tastes. I mean, if she were to call me up today or whatever, I could guarantee I could pick three or four of the songs that I know that she really likes. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I became attuned to certain people's tastes uh, over a period of time. And it was just kind of fun having that uh, connection from sure. afar with all the, with so many people. Did you ever get yeah. a chance to make recommendations for people? Like once you learn their taste, almost like you're a Pandora. For- oh yeah. 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 It's a, well, you know what, instead of that one, how about if we play this one by this artist, you know, because they, they you kind of get locked in, you know, two songs by their three and they play, Hey, that was pretty good. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yes. Well, I feel yeah. nothing better than that when someone takes your recommendation and goes, "Wow, you got anything else for me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really pretty good. So, that's but, but but that's a lot of fun. Supposedly, of fun. supposedly, uh, I think it was Spotify was going to try something like that to combat Pandora, which had their algorithm, computer-based algorithm for uh, projecting what music you might like, and Spotify, this music service streaming, right. was going to try to do. Uh, more of a listener or user-based where they were going to actually have people who knew something about music make the recommendations, not a computer program. I don't know if it ever happened. Um, it seems like a good idea. Better than a computer program anyway, but who knows? Who Nothing knows? Beats talking to your friends or, yeah. or you know, cohorts or people you meet and 
find out you have similar tastes, you never know what else they might expose you to. I mean, other than a computer, if you will. Well, and, and it was a Shazam that, you know, you can put something out there and it tells you, you know, what the artist is, all yeah. that. Well, it, that has developed greatly now. But there was a Shazam and there was something else. Somebody said, he's faster than this and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Call him. He'll be able to tell you if you give me a line or can sing. I, but I always told people, well, if it's an instrumental and unless you can really carry a tune, it can be a little tough because people go, you know, the one that goes, da 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 It's like, no, no, no. Thanks for trying. Thanks for trying, but call back later. You know, we'll see what we can do. And 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 people would say, oh, you know, you played that song about three months ago. It had to do with this. Oh man, sometimes they, you know, I'd really rack my brain, but 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 it kept me moving and kept me on different tracks. So it was a lot of fun. Did you try to con- to convince or pass the torch on to your son Keith? No, because he he filled in for you. Yeah, and my, I know yeah. from I know I'm sure people who listened all the time knew the difference, but I I, oh, I no, talked no. to a few people or multiple people who say I they couldn't tell the difference. I, I have this one friend of mine. He I mean he's listened to me for 15 years. And it took him about 90 minutes one night. He lived up in the suburbs. And he said, before he realized it wasn't me, he really started to pay attention. Went, oh, Wizard sounds like he's a different mic or a studio or just a little bit something different. And then he realized it wasn't me. <laughs> Keith sounds so much like me with right. his intonations. But get back to your question about whether he would take it over. He said, no, it's your show. And, you know, if it was a show that the station or radio station, whatever way back when had come up with and wanted somebody to fill the slot to do what they wanted to do, then, no, then you get somebody else to fill in. But because it was my creation. Right. And everybody says, well, couldn't you have somebody else do it? I said, when I left the music library left, it was your (laughs) format too. I mean, your, my format and all my materials. Right. 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 That's something that probably most people Maybe they do, but I mean, I, I was surprised to hear that. It, it, and that kind of said really neat to me. I was like, he physically brings the music with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not messing around. He, yeah. Yeah, he's, he owns this stuff and he takes it with him to the station. Yeah. And so, some people would say, hey, do you have the fifth cut of the 12th Rolling Stones album? It's like, you know, no, I, it's mostly hit stuff that I had. There are mm-hmm. some album stuff. You know, like you could play almost any Beatle or Monkey album cut and most people would would know them. But you start getting into that stuff and it's like, no, 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 let's stick a little more. I want to be somewhat obscure, but not so far out there. You weren't pursuing... You you didn't go out of your way to get the the, the certain versions of albums or something. No, like that. no, 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 no. You, maybe a B side here or some track that was the yeah. third single that maybe didn't get as much airplay back then right. or something like that. Right. And and Keith, you know, doesn't live in the area and so he would have to drive down. Sure. He said, No, it's not yours and then of course my daughter said, And it's every Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> well maybe Keith if you're listening, Keith, start a po- his own podcast because we need more of those. Hint, hint, Keith, if you're listening. Maybe you could have your father on every once in a while. Yeah. Come on, Keith. Get with it. Oh, dear. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, we, we've been on the air talking together, and it's really weird because it, it sounds like we're talking to ourselves. <laughs> he just oh. answered his own question. That's, am I hearing things? Oh, it's too much, yeah. Well, that actually is perfect uh, segue into... Uh, Great radio term, next. by the way, yes. Okay. What could be next? Do you consider a podcast for yourself? You know, you guys, Clayton and John, were 
had a taught a class, you know, how to podcast. And of course, my wife and I were out there at IVCC last fall. And because we were at that time, we were taking the class, but we hadn't announced the fact that the show was going to be ending. Okay. Yeah. So somewhere in the uh, deep, dark recesses of our minds, we thought, well, maybe we'll do that, you know, come the spring, you know, if we get the right equipment and we can do this and, and do that. Uh, the difference is because my show was so music based right and and i had so much fun with it radio announcing yeah i mean i could probably do any other type of music show but it probably wouldn't be as much fun because you know i wouldn't want to hear the same song 42 times in a row Mm -hmm. but you there there are licensing fees you have to pay to do the music and so uh, you know i'm still considering that but it isn't in the immediate future i mean with the christmas break and then us being gone and other things, trying to get caught up and do things uh, right. you know, on the weekends, it, it, it's still there. So uh, don't give up hope yet. I won't. And, and if we do, or if I do, you guys get to announce it you know, and tell <laughs> everybody right. you know that it'd be awesome. around because I don't know exactly how I could get it out there. <laughs> yeah, much, so. we could certainly help with that. Absolutely. Well, that's good. That's good. We found out that there's a comp- uh, a new podcast. I don't know if it's a competitor, but there's a new show starting in the Illinois. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. Uh, small talk. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, and we yeah. we are. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the guys, Jeff, I know him. Um, he, uh, I had reached out to him because I, I said, "Hey, this is great. I see you're doing a podcast." And he was like, "Oh, I'm so relieved you you messaged me because I thought maybe we were." competing with you stepping on your toes i'm like no geez this is like this platform is wide open for everybody yeah. to take and you know anybody can do it if you want and you just take the time to do it right. and and i think it's I, i'm all for it because to me right now here in the illinois valley i mean there's not a lot of choices for talk radio i mean we've got the the, the morning show on wlpo i think uh what ottawa's got i can't think of the radio station there yeah wcmy the am yeah that, yeah. that gets that's a bit heavy heavily political i i thought I mean, um, some of the shows anyway maybe no not really not not, not the morning so it's all local okay, so good. yeah so yeah. i mean you got those two shows and beyond that it's just the, just the music so you don't have a lot of choice i mean so i think i think there should be more right. shows well, I mean, and there's million podcasts outside of the you know area say so there's i mean people are going to gravitate towards what they're going to gravitate towards and there's room certainly room for more than one i mean absolutely oh, gosh, yeah. well and i think you know if i did do one just talking about the music i'm sure there i could get other people involved but you know hey, you like that person oh i like this one yeah it could you know get to be whatever but if i could really uh get into the music end of it obviously you know i have the facilities where might not take too much to to hook everything up and and get it in there so you know kind of neat if you could do a live stream and then put it out too kind of thing but i I don't know how hard well that's another yeah that's one of the few uh, no other than illinois valley uh small talk the um local podcast um there's you know we've talked about a lot of the other podcasts around the area um uh, usually they're specific on like gaming, like Nerdy Directive, but sure. um, streaming services, a uh, Hard Rock Radio Network. I'm starting to see them all over the place. Um, I've been wanting to try to get a hold of them. I think it's his name's Johnny Irock. I'm not sure if you've okay. seen it, but he does he does a streaming service, uh, just online streaming. Uh, I, I assume there's an app or something on the phone, but to me, as long as it's easy to access through like a smartphone or a computer i mean you're you're set that's and that's why called. that's the beauty of podcasting it's like boom it's automatically on your smartphone when a new show comes out yeah and the did you want to say something oh okay <laughs> <laughs> no 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 the 
getting locked into a live stream or a live show you know you're locked in then to a certain time but if you could have one and then somebody could put it on whenever they want you know that would you could do it that'd be good too i mean you could record it release it as a pod and then you i don't know there's a lot of ways you could go with it you could analyze it all day long but though i think i mentioned it to you at the class Mm -hmm. uh, the the show to check out that is like this is called coverville Mm -hmm. it's just covers of songs and that's all he plays but it, it's a music-based show yeah and he pays the license fees to sure do it, but uh, and it's sure. a very popular show too so eh, it's doable it's, it's doable yeah so it's out there and trust me when the time comes i do it you guys will be the uh, first to know good, all right good, so, good. we'll so, keep bugging you about yeah it. i'm so, sure i'm sure we, we you will a, we want a successful student you know we gotta we gotta, <laughs> yeah. we, gotta we got a class to fill this spring and <laughs> You know, we see That's right. our, our, our graduates has moved on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you guys were willing to come here because I, I figured if you're kind of sitting in the ambiance of, you know, the as I said, the wizard's lair at the beginning, it's different than being in a cold, you know, place or whatever. Sure. It makes, I, makes I was a difference. more than happy to come. I, I was excited. To, I knew you had a place just like this in my head. Like, yeah. There's no way he doesn't have something cool. Well, and of course, the stuff over that you see yeah. uh, behind me, uh, whenever I couldn't uh, be live or Keith couldn't fill in for me, I would record here. And they were generic uh, segments. Uh, I wouldn't give the, the time per se because yeah. I'd have to have like 17-minute things, you know, coming back after this. And then they could plug in at the station, whatever. And I had several people say, you know, the best music we ever heard in the Wizards Juke Joint is when you weren't there. Oh, the because I got to pick out all the music. Okay, not that I go way off base, but it's like you know, these are songs that people they were so popular, and you get so busy on a Saturday night that you don't have time to get to them all. Well, here was four hours of me being able to get to them all in, in nice. one fell swoop. So, yeah, that was kind of fun. That was kind of fun to do for sure. We did have uh, a fan question we sub- we sent something out on facebook and yeah. these are two kind of related questions all right uh, so nick from facebook asks he asked he wants us to ask you your thoughts on today's music and why the radio in the area feels the need to only play songs aimed towards tweens <laughs> <laughs> you and and, and follow well, up well, related well, well, let's let's yeah, the second one's kind of similar, okay so. similar okay let's let's try to answer one at a time i don't know that it's all aimed towards that i mean you know, there's a couple country stations. There's the uh, obviously the the hot top forty. You know, the real young mm-hmm. thing. You got the classic hits. You have classic rock. So I, you know, there's there are a variety of of you know genres to Definitely. listen to. Even though some of them may be doubling up on each other a little bit. But so I don't think it's all aimed at that. But go ahead with the second oh, one. This well, is the one that's really yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> I that, saw so that. Why? <laughs> Becky from Facebook asks uh, the follow-up question, why do they always play the same six songs on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's obviously a little more than six, but I, right. but I know where you're going with that. And I think it, it comes down to, yeah, if you listen to the radio a lot, you're going to hear the yeah. same stuff, even like on a, a classic hit station where you'll have, you know, years to cover. And... Uh, They've done studies, I guess, and, you know, with consultants and blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, well, you know, your average person only listens to the radio so many minutes at a, at a time. Right. 
You know, they, they're not your A-listers, so to speak, that have you on from morning till night. And and so they figure, well, if you're only going to have it on, they want to make sure that it's something that you're maybe a little more familiar with and you're not just going to turn it off. And that's kind of how it goes. But I still think my personal opinion is that even if you're going to do that for familiar, that you could expand it, you know, uh, you know, well beyond Bob Seger's old time rock and roll three times a day. Yeah, you know, right. So. I can say uh, <laughs> I liked that new uh, the Uptown Funk song when it first came out. I really liked it. It's a the hot song right now. And I'll I, take your I, word for it. I, it yeah, is and, and on the pop radio. Well, my, my, yeah, we listen to a lot of pop at at home, and that song was. I really I enjoy, I like the song, but now after you know a hundred times later, I'm kind of burned out. You on get it. beat over, and the head I've, it's with only it. been on for how long? It, yeah. Like a week, and I'm just it's on. Well, the, the thing time. is back. And I, I checked this out once. It used to be top 40 radio became you know the big thing in the mid-50s. And it lasted through about the early 70s. And the thing was, you would hear everything on one radio station. Real country. I mean, you'd hear Sammy Davis Jr. or Tony Bennett. And then you'd hear the Beatles or this other rock group. All one stacked on top of another because that's what... People were buying, and so if that was the popularity, it was. It was what we call true broadcasting. Now everything is narrow casting. Mm -hmm. We're only going to play this. We're only going to do this. This is off limits. People told me that, uh, they said, when you're off the air, there are songs that you played that we will never hear on the radio again. Oh, right. They said, we can go to the... Sirius XM, or we can go to the even they ones play you, the same stuff. Over well, yeah, and over. You, or but you, and you'll hear maybe a little bit of the Drifters uh, or a Bobby Rydell song that's a little bit different. But they said nobody's going to play Dean Martin or Ed Ames or people like that on uh, top of everybody else. And so I, you know, I was very humbled by that. I really was. It was just like wow. I didn't. I was just doing playing what I grew up with. Right. And that's. What I tried to recreate on Saturday night, and I, I guess it worked. <laughs> Do you ever go out and get any new music? Is there any new artists or anything in the last 10 years or 20 years or something nah, that stands out? Not too much. Uh, as you can see, if I buy any more, it it becomes a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I try to fill in gaps from the past, or uh, uh, I'll try to go to a... A used record store, especially if I'm out on vacation, and I'll find something maybe from my youth, yeah, or some a record that really got trashed, and I want to you know get a better copy of it. There have been a few things I've purchased, but not, not too many. I, I've just so so much of my time is taken up with doing what I do that right. it's just hard to. You were a radio show a host and a business owner as well too, so it wasn't like you were. Yeah, when people say, "Oh, you retired," I said. Okay, I retired five hours a week. You know, I'm just, <laughs> what are you going to do with all that? Time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and it's oh. funny now. There's a, a lot of younger generation, guys even younger than us, that are collecting vinyl again. Yeah, and they're even what the, they're having special edition new artists are coming out with their albums on vinyl. Right. So that I, I kind of like that. They're not losing that, you know, sort of the idea of an album number one. An album, you know, start with song one and you play it all the way through. And the idea of physically having a copy of something to hold on to. And I, I, I appreciate that, too. Yeah, and who was it? Uh, I can't remember what group it was. Oh, I get them mixed up sometimes. But several years ago, they came out with one um, on vinyl only for the first month. Really? Uh, yeah, give me uh, who's... Uh, 
It's a oh, new Jack White. Was no, it? it wasn't Jack. I know he's really into the the right. vinyl aspect of it. No, this goes a few guy. years ago. See, I'm drawing <clears throat> blanks on names. Uh, guitarist, uh, Black Keys. No, I'm real famous. Oh. Real famous. It wasn't Nirvana because I know that's Kurt Cobain, but there was another. Uh, oh, uh, Pearl Jam. Eddie oh. Vedder. Okay. Yeah, they came out with an album that was, I knew it was Eddie. I should have just said Eddie right away. And I knew it wasn't Van Halen. So, but it begins with a V. So sure. there you go. And yeah, they came out with an album. And for the first month, they said, you can only buy it on vinyl. And it sold like a lot of copies. And it, I'm glad you brought that up because there, I was going to mention it if you didn't. There was nothing like coming home and putting your fingernail under that cellophane and sliding it up the side of the record jacket and hoping you don't get a big paper cut on your thumb <laughs> while you do it. But you do that and you take it out and you sometimes you hear static and you put it on the turntable and you clean it off and you put that needle stylus down on the tone arm and you're like, ah. <laughs> and you can hold that record jacket just like you were talking and you can actually read the liner notes without a magnifying glass. Right. Mm -hmm. And... If you go back in some of the albums of the past, you're right. Thought was put into what are we going to have as the first song on the first side? What are we going to end the first side with? And then how are we going to end the album with? And Carole King's Tapestry album, one of the biggest selling albums of all time, is a perfect example of that. The first song when you put it on is I Feel the Earth Move. There's a dun 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 dun. It's like, whoa! It just grabs you. Right away. And the Monkees did that on a couple of their albums, too, that were just really good ones to start with. And uh, anyway. That's lost uh, now with the uh, new generation. Well, it's singles. Just, singles only. Yeah. And you, you can't even make, you know, if it's over three and a half minutes, you're probably going to end up having to get a radio edit anyway. And, yeah, and, oh, yeah. I, which, I, which is good and bad, but, I, you know, I... I I don't know. It's, I'm I'm guilty though because I haven't bought an album and I don't know how long. I've pretty much switched over to paying the subscription based for mm -hmm. streaming services and I've so I don't I haven't owned or bought an album in so long. But my thing is I was just I was collecting all these CDs and VHS and DVDs and yeah. all these different things and then when this whole streaming thing started to come along I was like, "Ooh, I kind of like the idea of that." Just, yeah. So, but if there's a digital apocalypse, I'm screwed. Yeah. So. Well, that's true. And <laughs> the magnetic. You know, story. I have all this yeah. stuff, and it's like, do I want to double up and do all this other stuff? You know, the only disadvantage is you come and play a record. I run downstairs and pump it upstairs. Fifteen minutes later, I got to run back down, and <laughs> yeah, right. turn it over. You know, keep you in shape. But yeah, it does. <laughs> but you know, it it's just a something that I've grown up with, and yeah, I'm old fashioned. I I, I grant you that, but. Well, you some know, folks don't sit back and actually just listen to music. See, that used to be a thing you do. What are you doing? We're, you listen to music while you you do three other things at once, too. You right. watch a TV and play it on your iPad, you know, at, all at one time. So there's the, I don't know, the, the multitasking generation. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't unusual to say, oh, we're going to go hang out and just listen to some music. Yeah, yeah. it's just... We, we had John's parents with the hi-fi, you'd put the well with CDs, but you'd yeah, turn on uh, the Ozzy Osbourne album when you're yeah. 17. He had, yeah. a five, he had a five-disc <laughs> CD chamber. Oh, of course. So oh, I still a, have one upstairs. It was yeah. a big deal. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we would shoot pool or, or do whatever. I'd put on the boxing gloves and you'd throw down, you know, or whatever. And but that would, then it would, the album would end and you'd go, oh, someone, wait, what's next? You yeah. Know? But, so I guess in a way we were multitasking, but we, you know, I was, it was part of the... Music was a driver. Yeah. Well, I guess people would, you know, do that listening to my show. People over Saturday Absolutely. nights, just like right? you would say. And 
when I was out of town once, Keith was here and he had some friends over and he called me and says, hey, how do we get it upstairs so we don't have to turn it up so loud in the basement? So I, I told him how. He had some people over and what they would do is they were taking turns going through this album collection, finding something they wanted and playing one side of an album. And he said, we did it for about four or five hours. Oh, fun. And you know, one, guy, fun. one guy took Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks and they played a side. Somebody took this one and threw it on it or whatever. And he said, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. People were like, wow, this is really cool to you know, <laughs> actually see the record and play it you know, and then listen to it and have it fill up a room. And that's how music, not that you, you want to go deaf and you'll, oh my gosh, like you're in a live concert hall, right. but fill up the room with music. And it's amazing what, how some of that stuff really sounds. Uh, one of the questions I, I thought about asking, I didn't put it on our sheet or anything. That's okay. Was, um, yeah, it's, music sometimes will stick with you where you'll hear an album that'll take you back in time. You know, I, there's certain records that I hear and I can think of that was the summer of 1999 or 2003. And I, I you know, right back there yeah um do you have any of those uh, oh uh, i mean I, I guess that's kind of a silly question because it's so <laughs> obvious but is there any one maybe that stands out i don't know if there's one there are just so many i mean i, I remember riding my bike to the store and plunking down my 98 cents to buy my first record which i you know talked about before and there's one song we when we were oh kids i was about 10 I guess, and we used to go with my cousins up to Cedar Lake, up near the chain of lakes, and they used to have an outdoor jukebox with a little pavilion, and there's there's one song, every time I hear it, I that's the one song I remember that being played at that jukebox, and then another time we used to go to Devil's Lake in Wisconsin, and they had this big pavilion, you could walk under it on the sand, and you go there and get snack or whatever, they had a jukebox, and there's two songs that were being played to death that summer, and Every time I hear those two songs, right. I am in that pavilion, yeah. sight, sound, everything. And it happens frequently with me. I'm a little, as, a little Asperger in me there. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the great thing about music, right? just to be taken back. You, I got some recommendations, so maybe if we have any young listeners. So say you're on a first date. And you're taking the taking your girl home, and you're going to drop her off. What do you want on the radio at that <laughs> That's moment? That's a good question. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of people may be familiar with Bobby Vinton's song "Blue Velvet." Okay, it was a yeah. number one song. It's just kind of schmaltzy, that vanilla pop era, right? Sure. Get a copy of the original of that by the Clovers. Okay. With a smoky saxophone and this bass singer and a kind of a doo wop four part harmony. It's just you know. <laughs> that's good. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, you got to time it just right, though. <laughs> yeah, you got to make it seem like it was an accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, listen, listen to what's coming in now, you know. But but yeah, that's really good stuff. And I know you can find a lot of this stuff anywhere. Oh, you should be able to get this. I say, yeah, well, I have this, I have that. And there are a few things people have you know said, you might like this. And some of them I do. Some of them I go, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't need that. But... Whatever. I, you had something else that you had talked to me about. I wonder if I let me let me get here. Go into the list. We're going to the list. Leave, everybody. You can leave this in while I yes. rattle the paper. Okay. The paper. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I you know covered. what it was. Uh, it says a uh, podcast versus like live radio. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. The of course I did live radio for for years, many years, and and just to preface there. 
Yeah. What what kind of led to this question was I had I, I don't know if I heard it on a podcast or, or something. Maybe it was a podcaster who was a radio disc jockey or, or something, and he was basically saying, "Oh, well, you know, they're just not the same. You know, there's nothing better than the the live radio because it, you're live, you're in the moment. You know, it's just so podcasts will never be the same. Whereas I'm like, I love podcasts because I can edit and clean it up and do all that stuff. <laughs> you should just leave this one as is. I know, is. I know. You, 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 because just to show that it'd be a juke joint, even with that little bit of downtime, you, you should just leave. I it's will. only I will. a second and a half. He's a perfectionist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is good. I think it's going Three good. Seconds. Well, and I, and I have this thing with music. It's uh, There's a game here that we have. I think it's called For the Record or something like that. And the board, the game board that you move your pieces on is a double fret guitar. Uh-huh. So, and you land in all these spaces, 50s, 60s, one-hit wonders. And there's even a disco purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to get to rock and roll heaven. So I played the game you know, when we first got it, and I swamped everybody. All right. So then they said, well, we'll let you play again, but you don't get the multiple choice on the cards. You, know, you play as teams, uh. right? Or, so I said, okay, fine, we'll do that. Still didn't work. So every time we've played the game since, which has been a lot, but enough, I have to be like the MC, and I get to read for both teams because they yeah. won't let me play. <laughs> <laughs> so, but live versus podcast, the immediacy with live radio, yeah, it is. It's it's truly a rush. You're there, and I'm on the air for four hours. You think, oh, I'm exhausted, but but wired at the same time, right? Because you just have to be there, especially with these two minute songs. It's different if you can. Oh, well, you know what? Hey, there's three songs I like. I'll just take the computer, put them in the system, let them play, and sit back for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't want to do that because then you get out of the the moment. the The thing you have to understand though is what some people might think is live radio isn't. You can listen to some shows, I'm sure, and you may think they're live, right. but maybe they're not really live. They just used clips. and Or, you know, there's so much syndication out there, too, mm-hmm. because you can hear, you know, here on your station, and they never tell you what station that, you know, the person who's actually doing right. the show doesn't say it. And so that that's one hint. And then you'll say, oh... I, Let's say, well, they, they replay Casey Kasem now. Well, we all know he's dead, so you know you can play those shows anytime sure. you want. But there's a guy who does all these stuff out of New York named Cousin Brucey, and it's old doo-wop, you know, 50s music. And let's say you think, hey, I'm listening to Cousin Brucey, and I'm just using him as an example. And you listen, ah, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden, you're driving across country, and you hear Cousin Brucey, and he's two days earlier, but four hours later in the time. And it's the same thing. So <laughs> right. it's not live, you know. So, and there, there's all of that, to, you know, the, and there are tricks so that you know, a lot of people use. more similarities than I thought. Well, it's yeah. So. Well, and it's kind of apples and oranges, too. Live, live radio is its own thing in podcasting. You can, right. It, it's Well, and the thing is with some of, some of those shows, let's say like the Cousin Brucey, he can go in there. And do, or like Casey Kasem even did. He does all his talking. Coming up, we've got the you know the top ten songs, and this song is blah, blah, blah. And that's all he does. Mm-hmm. Every, all, then later on, the people just plug the songs in. They know how long he's talking. Boom. Fit it in. Perfect. Everything works. Uh, as opposed to being live, listening to that music, talking over that, and, you know, what we say posting up and that's talking over the instrumental instrumental portion of the song until the vocal starts yeah and if you can posting get that up. down 
and I, I loved, I, it was the little things that would make me go, yes, to myself, is when I could do one of those and realize that you can, whatever you're saying, if you know the beat of the music, because I never went with the time clock. A lot of things will say, okay, you know, this song starts and it's 12 seconds, you got to talk. No, I just go in by the, the beat and the sound, and you have to make it so that you can end your sentence anytime you want without getting caught. In other okay. words, do I have enough? Can I say the wizard's juke joint, or do I just have time to say the juke joint? Do I have time to say here on Classic Hits, you know, or whatever station mm-hmm. I was on, do I have time to say that and not be here? I, oh, darn, <laughs> yeah. I should have. You know, so that, that's kind of like a little art form that I yeah. play a game with myself all the time. <laughs> sure. Doing that. That's something that although the subtle little things that a professional like you would make look easy that someone would stumble all over themselves if they oh I could do that yeah. and they'd go in and it would they'd sound foolish <laughs> they'd step all over themselves. So. Well, and I listened to some of the early stuff that I did when I thought it was good, and it's like oh I would never give that as an audition well, tape well, now. <laughs> well, we, we, it's we, like these people actually no. hired me. How about that? <laughs> well, ours are archived on the internet, so yeah. yeah. Sadly, oh. in some cases. <laughs> Uh, we joke about our farm episode is like the worst. Oh, we did we, we obviously start, didn't know what we were we talking about. We started with episode two, right? Yeah, because the first step, episode one is the story. You know, there was, that was so just bad for, that just we just didn't us. release it. Yeah, But I know what you mean. Like when you say uh, after a show you're tired kind of slash excited. Yeah. Like when we have a good interview or something, I mean, I'm all fired up. Because right. we always do our shows late. Most of the time we do our shows uh, like a Sunday night. We'll record. Okay. And... Um, it's you know it's Sunday night. We should be going to bed for work, and I'm not because we just did this awesome podcast. Mm-hmm. And just like I'm fired up, and I don't know, I we, stay up lo- longer than I should. Right, <laughs> right. We, you get wired from a good interview. It just just from a you can tell when you have a good rapport with someone, even even over Skype because we're not even in the same place. Um, Which I is get a challenge. Same, same some, effect. Yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the biggest challenges for us doing our show through Skype is just since we're not seeing each other no visual cues right. we had to be able to pick up on each other's tones kind of like what you're talking about except just listening to what he's saying and kind of picking up and knowing when to jump in and also not trying to have three people talking over each other you listen to radio talk shows sometimes and they, they're cross talking with the people who are coming on and you hear three people trying to talk at once like I didn't know what any of them said right. and you know that can be a bit of a problem of course I didn't have to worry about that it was just sure. me and the other thing is people were shocked to learn many were that I was there myself I, people thought I had an engineer it's like no I said I picked out my own music I did my own talking, I did my own engineering, and I answered all my own phones. Some people were like, is the wizard there? I said, you got him. Talk to me. And I was like, oh, you know, they, they think it's like this big thing that you're not going to get through with an 800 national number or whatever. It's like, no, you know, you're calling locally. I'm there. I'm answering the phone for you. And probably not as, they probably thought more people called in than actually did and to a degree sometimes meaning they oh, don't don't even try it's going to be busy all night yeah like yeah that. yeah <laughs> it, the only time i had a problem with it being super busy was uh when i announced that i wasn't going to be on people uh, thought that i was maybe announcing that i was going to be on during the christmas season or expand the hours and then all of a sudden i said no it's done they were going to be done and we have four lines coming into the studio all four start blinking like mad at once. <laughs> so I answer one. I hang it up to go to the next one, and it starts re-blinking, and that went on and on and on, and it's just like, oh, man. What, 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 what? 
And but I I really felt good about the decision. It, it was tough to make the decision, but about five weeks before I announced it, I I felt comfortable with. It. I said, "Yeah, now's the time." And so. I really give give kudos to my my last employers because when I spoke to them about it, I asked two things. I said, number one, can I have an extra hour so I can play my favorites? Mm -hmm. And that's it, no requests. And they said, that's fine. I said, the other thing, and you can say no to this because you own the station, is that don't mention anything to the staff here. Sales are on air. I want my listeners to be the first to hear that the Wizards Juke joint is not going to be on the air anymore. Okay. And they said, no problem. So I was like, wow, that, that was really nice. And when I announced it, I didn't want to sound real maudlin, especially then the final show when I was talking about 30 years. And I started to talk, and then all of a sudden I realized, no, you dummy, kick it into gear. Make yeah. it sound like, this is what we did. This is what we, instead of, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and, and, and it was. I have, it took me a while to listen to it, but I, I did finally listen to those last shows because um, I have CDs of them. And yeah, they were. I, I was very happy with the way I kind of went out, so to Good. speak, musically. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's like the perfect, uh, perfect lead to our end here because I think sure. we've kind of covered, yeah. unless there's something we're, well, no, I don't think so. I, you know, I've had some great moments at all the different stations I, I've been at, uh, and you know, been thankful that you know I never had a real long period. Well, several months at one time I was off the air before I got rehired somewhere else. But it's just been a, a fantastic ride. It was just so much fun, and you know, if. I, I don't know. It, it, I just miss kind of sharing the trivial aspects because there are a lot of people who don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I was on the air, it was like, I don't care if you don't care. Mm -hmm. Somebody else wants to hear this, and I can you know tell the little story. And you know, and I have tons of stories that I could share from that you know fun things that have happened in the past. But uh, it's it's just been great and. For me to share my love of the music and the stuff that I, I bought growing up as a kid and that I grew up with, you know, even listened to Mitch Miller sing along records when I was a kid and, you know, in the early 60s, as you were talking about. And I just, to be able to share that with people for 30 years, I never thought, you know, was possible. You know, I moved down here, as I said, 1980, did live DJ work for a number of years and then was approached to do a show. You know, hey, we got an opening. We know you got a record collection. Right. And it's like, okay. And that was it from there. You have to carry it on from college to the Illinois Valley. and With a little gap in between there, you know. But, um, yeah, it, 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 was just, it was just spectacular and a lot of fun to do. So, well, If you ever feel like you need to get out some of those stories, you are more than welcome to come back to the Illinois Valley. Oh, I'm Valley sure I'll remember the stories and we'll say, okay, here are the Wizards' fun stories of goofy things that happened in the studio on this night, that night, or whatever. Oh, there are, there are some that are just – and I can share them because they're, they're not, not bad or anything, but they're just so much fun where I'm cracking up on the air. <laughs> and uh, so we'll go from there. And that's, that's about all I got. I like. Thank you for coming down here. Tonight. Yeah, really thanks for having it. us to your house. This is this was the perfect. This is our first time we've done this, like uh, going somewhere new and doing a show. So this was like the the greatest way to uh, to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all three live together. I mean, we're all sitting about four feet away from right, each right. other instead of like you say, I'm in one town and somebody else is here with the podcast. I mean, this uh, this is really cool to be able to do this live. Yeah, really I like is. it. Right. We're gonna have to do this more often. Yeah, we're definitely gonna. 
that's why we got our setup. We got our rig. Yeah. Got our yeah. Board. Nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> Far out and all that other good stuff. Well, I, I will close with the, uh, I will do my part the way I closed every show and it uh, emanates it. from a record album yeah, that I up. have at the, uh, at the end of a concert by Uriah Heep. And they get finished with this eight and a half minute rock and roll medley and the crowd's going nuts. And what they said were my last words uh, every week on the air. Thank you. Good night. God bless you. We'll see you all again. Perfect. Yeah. Good job. Awesome.